0: All right, welcome to the Iron Bell Ministries podcast. I am Joel Gertis, and I'm joined today by uh, Greg Diedrich.
1: Hi, everybody. Great to be here with you.
0: And we are going to jump into a topic that Greg is really passionate about, I am really passionate about, and it's centered on faith at work. We're going to do a whole series. Um, of talks and podcasts on faith at work because mm-hmm. it's really important. I think most of us are uh, not in full time ministry. Most of us are either um, in some sort of full time employment, part time employment, yeah. or have some option like that that's uh, non like ministry related. Mm-hmm. So, this is I think this is going to be something that people really uh, latch on to. And um, I know it's been really important to my life and the development uh, for me personally. Um, So I'm really excited uh, about kind of digging into this and hearing uh, what you have to share with us today, Greg. And um, I know we, we, we mentioned, uh, or we mentioned, we started a uh, business meetup last month called the Christian Business Meetup. And it was kind of just a, you know, a brainchild that Uh, Was birthed a couple months ago. And I said, Greg, what do you think about getting together with a bunch of uh, local believers that are in the marketplace and just start talking about what's it like to, what would it look like for us to get together and have a dialogue Mm -hmm. about loving our faith out at work? Right. And well, so we had our first one on um, March 22nd. We're having our next one um, on April 14th. And uh, the first one was very, was excellently attended and all the feedback was, We've been dying for somebody to finally start something where we could have a dialogue uh, centered on this topic of what's it like to really live out your faith at work? Because I don't think there's enough content out there for believers that really lead them into that.
1: No, there really isn't. And I've, you know, looked at a lot of books and read a lot of books, and there's some good things out there. But um, there's really not anybody who's taken it and really made it... um, a focal point of becoming, um, a central way of living. Um, and they've kind of taught around it and there's some things that are helpful out there, but I think it's on the father's heart. You know, I had somebody, um, send me a text this morning from Illinois saying, wow, I heard you're doing this. Is this something you're going to do regularly? And they're like three and a half hours from here and trying to figure out how to come and be a part of it.
0: Wow. (laughs) And
1: so, you know, when that happens that it's on God's heart and it's and he's raising it up and it's been a topic that really you know pastor once said your history says a lot about your destiny and that's really struck with me because it just struck a chord with me because if you think about it god is always uh, using the things that he's taking you through for further and further um, expressions of your purpose In life, and as I look back on my life, it's always been these two streams going on. The one stream was I've always been involved in ministry, you know, lay ministry. I've been, you know, deacon and elder. I've been uh, took a couple years off and was on staff for a couple years at a church. Uh, And at the same time, there's been this stream of business. I've been in business my whole life since I graduated from college, and you know, just been running hard at business. And there was these, there were these times where I saw the overlap. Um, And I would see that, you know what, um, there's this overlap and people could see this in me. And so they'd ask me to speak on it. And they, you know, when I was around the business people, I'd say, you know, well, uh, you really need to, you know, live a distinctive life, you need to do good work, you need to uh, be available to people i'd say these things and they sounded good but i knew there was more but i didn't know what the (laughs) more was and so i always left feeling wow that that doesn't quite ring there's something more but i don't know what the more is Mm -hmm. and then i remember when i was on staff of a church a large church for a couple years and i would be leading groups there and, and they would we would talk about you know, where does God show up uh, and where does business show up in the church? And we talk about, all oh, planning and these process we go through. And they say, well, wh- where's the work of the Holy Spirit in there? I was like, well, he can use process and plans. Um, and, and that's true. But I knew there was more there. but And so there would be these tinges of color overlap. But right. most of the time, they were separate streams. And so we're either living out a ministry life or we're living out our business life. And the Lord's just really, quite frankly, in the last... Seven or eight years taught me more about this topic as I've had time to delve into it, time with him, and mm-hmm. time to study and and really think about it and to look back on the 28 years before that of of you know what what's on his heart for this, what's he trying to reveal?
0: Right, because most people, um, you you alluded to it when what you just said, but maybe we make the real clear distinction because we most of us have a, a clear distinction in our minds of, uh, we call it the the gap between the sa- sacred and the secular right. uh, in our workplace. Would yep. you talk a little bit about um, kind of the journey you've been on and understanding there really is no distinction, yeah. there shouldn't be at least. Right.
1: I think it's really this Western uh, culture that really has picked up on this, you know, probably the Greek thinking, but, you know, we kind of compartmentalize life. And particularly as men, we're really good at it, um, ask my wife. But... You know, this this sense of, okay, and I remember even going through exercises at work where there was training and development programs where they'd get you to like write the nine roles that you play in life and then think about planning goals for each of them. So I wanna do this spiritually, I wanna do this as a father, I wanna have these business goals. And, and while there's nothing wrong with goals, what it, what it further pushes us into is this thinking of, well, we have these nine different parts to our life and we need to optimize each of them according to those parts when really we have one life and that life is as a spiritual being and that spiritual being gets expressed in lots of ways not just nine right it gets expressed in everything we do and so everything we do is unto God right and so when you when you look at it that way rather than starting with okay how do I bring my faith at work rather saying how do I live a life as a spiritual being in partnership with God that's a totally different question and that will take you somewhere different than if you just say, How do faith and work overlap?
0: Yeah. I mean, I you tell me what you think about this, but as a man, I would think it's probably more difficult for a man to get this where you can like put everything on the same plate. You mm-hmm. know, you've heard the analogy yeah. that men are waffles and women are spaghetti. Yes. I've heard <laughs> but that it's analogy. like, you know, I like, live that analogy. <laughs> We're constantly living that analogy. Yeah. But how like uh, you know, I've been on this journey too with you where um, I'm learning how to um, bring everything together, see it through one lens, and then see the thread of what God's wanting to do, if it's work, if it's family, if mm-hmm. it's ministry, if it's neighborhood. Right.
1: Yeah, it really is, because um, once you break that those those um, compartments down and just say, hey, we're meant to live as spiritual beings a life that God's purpose for us, and that we have a, a unique place in bringing His kingdom everywhere, now the question is... Where is he sending us? How is he sending us? What is he wanting to do in the places he's sending us? Regardless of whether that's at work, at home, at church, um, at the grocery store, it's, it's, um, it's all integrated. Uh, and it doesn't change even what the Lord's been teaching me. The way that our, our faith and our relationship with God interacts in all those places doesn't change. It's the same process. What changes is we're just in different settings, but it's, we're the same right. people. Partnering with the same God on the same journey to bring His kingdom, and it's just the the, the, the uh, scenes change.
0: Yeah, so if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you you look at this pattern that was in Jesus' life, you'll see there was no pattern, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. You're like, so you know, the disciples mm-hmm. would wake up. Where's Jesus? He's gone. So they'd go look for him because pe- right. other people are looking for him because maybe there was a, a big, uh, amazing thing that happened the day prior. So a bunch of people are gathered. They're looking. They want ministry. And Jesus, yeah. they finally find him. Where have you been? We've been looking for you. We're, all these people are waiting for ministry. Yeah. Well, we're not doing that today. Right. We're going over here. Right. Well, yesterday you told us you came you know, that uh, to destroy the works of the devil. So, of course, don't you want to go heal all these people? No, today we're going over here. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that was, you know, in those talks that you'd give, you're like, yeah. I know there's something more, but what is it? Right. Yeah,
1: and it, is, and it was that. It was this whole sense that, you know, when, when I am um, living in partnership with God, when because uh, the, the only pattern in Jesus' life was this. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. I live in complete dependence. Even though I'm the Son of God, I lay that down. I live in complete dependence on God through the Holy Spirit. That was the pattern. And when we adopt that pattern, Mm -hmm. you know, then we live that way. In every circumstance, right? But we have to understand first of all that that is the pattern, and we have to learn how to live in that way. And those are two yeah. two different things. The first one is you have to have the perspective to say, "Oh, I get it." You know, I always like to talk about that Larson cartoon. Uh, Gary Larson tell you a lot about me. I love his. I have all his cartoons called The Far Side, and he's got weird humor uh, with animals and all kinds of stuff. But it uh, it really makes some poignant um, remarks. And one of them is this group of cattle who are all bending down, eating grass, you know, and they're all sitting there and they look content. And then all of a sudden, one of them picks its head up and says, wait a minute, we've been eating grass our whole life. (laughs) And it's that moment of revelation that, wait a minute, there's more. You know, we've been content with this because this is all we know. But when there's a breakthrough in perspective... Um, you know, and in business, the, the thing we call this is a new paradigm, right? When you understand there's a new paradigm, it allows you to move forward into a new area. You didn't move in before. Mm-hmm. So the first step into discovering more and growing and whether it's in life or business is understanding, wait a minute, there's a new way to think about this that will lead me somewhere different. So the new way to think about this starts with those parallels are actually they're the same current rather than separate currents that overlap a little bit. Right. and so. You know, that was the first thing for me to understand. I have to think about my life as one life being lived. I'd like to use the analogy that in in, uh, the original Hebrew, there was no way, and there wasn't a practice for people to ask them the question that we ask a lot in our Western faith-based, you know, society of, how are you doing spiritually? There was no way to say that because they were spiritual beings, so that would be like saying, how are you doing doing, you know? It's like, how are you doing spiritually is the essence. And so when we live out a spiritual life and we look at living it in partnership with God, it's the same stream everywhere. Right. And that so when new we paradigm when we ask, changes,
0: if we ask, how are you doing? We should be implying holistically, exactly. how are you? Right. And that should be the sum of who you are, right. including your spirit and your right. spiritual walk.
1: Exactly. And so, um, so the first thing was getting that new perspective. You know, God, you are sending me um, as, a, as a son uh, in partnership with you, bringing the kingdom every day wherever I am, whether it's at work, at home, at school, at the cleaners, at the grocery store. Um, and I want to tune into that, and I want to live it out with you. And so uh, that, those, those two worlds I was in, what the Lord was showing me is that he was, in those fringe moments, in those times, he was breaking through, and he was saying, see, these connect. And, and, and several times throughout my career, I'd look back, he'd show me in retrospect those connection points where he was breaking into the business world and he was revealing spiritual truths or he was um, leading and guiding, directing every step of the way for me. And then in the church world where he was bringing in and he was saying, you know what, uh, I'm gonna bring um, different thinking and different perspective in from this world to, to bring forward my kingdom in, in the church expression. Uh, that it's the same, the same thing. And, and that really then became for me uh, a pursuit. I'm going to pursue mm-hmm. that, you know, well, how do I live that out then? Cause once I had the thinking, then it's around, well, then I want to develop a methodology. I want to develop
0: a way to do it. Does that make sense? It does. So, you know, a lot of us, um, don't know how to break through into yeah. that reality. And, uh, you share a story. Um, it's more of a picture for us as a, to have a grid for Mm -hmm. kind of where we feel like we are, especially if we're in the marketplace and we're believers, how to, um, you know, we're not about, we're not trying to compare ourselves to each other. God's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm, I'm pleased with you, but there is a, there is like a pursuit of holiness and a a progression in our faith. So he does want us to grow. And so, um, this picture that you've you've kind of developed and it's helped me a whole lot and many others um is this four levels of maybe faith in the in the workplace right could you describe that
1: yeah yeah it was this um it was this perspective um and i stole it from ed savoso um who wrote a book called anointed for business and it really it was like that moment of i've been eating grass he put to words in this um Scale, I want to describe to you, it really gave voice to and picture to what I had been feeling in my heart and in my spirit for many years. And it allowed me to get the perspective then say, okay, I'm going to pursue this. And it basically goes like this, and I'll go through it briefly. We could spend uh, much more time on it, and we'll do that in some of our um, Christian meetup. I have to be careful. Sometimes I say Christian mingle. This is not to be, it's not the Christian mingle. This is the Christian uh, meetup. and what, what it was is this, it said, if you think about um, living a life of, of, of a spiritual pursuit and faith in the marketplace and anywhere, but think of it like this in the marketplace. Level one is, uh, I'm a Christian who's in the marketplace, and I always say congratulations, you're one of probably a billion. It's um, pretty much
0: a geographic statement. Yeah. I'm present.
1: Yeah, I'm there. Uh, level two is this, and this is where we kind of think about our life. Hopefully, is that we say, "I'm a Christian living in the marketplace, um, acting and living out godly principles at work." And I think that's great. I mean, that's that's necessary. So it's like I'm distinctive. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. Uh, I treat others with respect. Don't I do take good bribes. work. I don't take bribes. I right. don't you know steal company property. You know, et cetera. And those are all the behavioral things that are good because they they give us distinctiveness. And that's where I think a lot of us try to live. Um, and I always say I had my John Maxwell devotion and my leadership Bible and all those things kind of codified how I needed to act at work. And so a lot of the focus in that realm then becomes, I'm going to focus on these behavioral outcomes which will identify me and will make me distinctive and be a Christian at work. And those, the problem with those things is they can't keep you. It's right. like the law in the Old Testament. When you start to focus on behavioral outcomes, and I'm going to control my behavior, uh, you can't. You can't maintain that forever. It's like uh, you're losing the whole point. You're focusing on the wrong end of the spectrum. It's like uh, uh, like Galatians, where Paul says, you foolish Galatians, you started in the spirit, and then you want to go back to the flesh. It's, um, and so the focus is then, is deduces your faith down to this set of guidelines and guardrails mm-hmm. that you need to live out. And, and so you go from a two, then back down to a one, and then up to a two and back down to one. And we, we repeat the cycle. And I, I've, I've uh, just connected with so many people who live that as Christians. And this scale really helped me understand it because they said the breakthrough is this, the eating grasses. There's actually a level three. And the level three is I'm not only a Christian in the marketplace. I'm not only acting according to godly principles. But the third level is I'm acting with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I am I am cooperating and partner with God, you know, and living out in the fullness of the power of the spirit being a Christian in the marketplace. And so we move from principles to power. And you know, everybody's like when I when I talk about it, everybody goes like, Okay, that sounds interesting, but what are you talking about? You know, you know, are you healing people at work or what's going on? And what I what I say is this I love this example of the home builder who um was a level two home builder. He would come in and he would give you an accurate price on what he's going to do. He'd give you an accurate time frame. It would cost to build a new home. Uh, he'd you know put all the change orders in and let you know what changed. He would be on site regularly. He'd communicate with you. And at the end of the day, a really good house gets built. So those principles allowed him to build a good house for somebody as a customer, and you'd wanna do business with him, and he'd get recommended, and when you have a friend, you say, hey, you need to have this guy build your house, he does a great job, he does these things, and so those behavioral outcomes created a good house, a good reputation, and it was good. But when the home builder understood, wait a minute, there's a level three, I can cooperate with God, I can be filled with his spirit and, and act in the power of the Holy Spirit to cooperate with him at work, he said, what would that look like? Well, he started saying, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to ask God for, to bring me the customers that he wants me to have. Who's he want me to build a home for? And I'm going to be on the lookout for that. And when they come in, I'm going to tell them, you know what, for the next six to nine months, we're going to be together a lot. Uh, I'd like to pray for you and your family. And if you ever have anything you want me to pray for specifically, great, let me know. But I'll be, I want you to know, I'll be praying for you regularly. And when I go through the house, I'm going to pray for your family. And then, um, you know, uh, and, and at the end of, of the uh, time he's working with them, he's, he's, he's walking the neighborhood, he's praying for God to fill people into that neighborhood who will, whether they know him or not, they'll feel his presence. And that, that place would be holy ground for people to come and they'll eventually encounter God. Um, and so, you know, you can start to see how these little things, at the end of the day, in the natural, it's the same outcome. Good house gets built. He gets recommended. But in the spiritual realm, in the kingdom of God, it's a totally different outcome. He's partnering with God to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in the people that he's building a house for, in the neighborhood that's going up, in the uh, environment that's going to be lived out in that neighborhood. Uh, he is doing a spiritual work, not just a natural work.
0: Right. And I think that's the distinction where we... Um, we want to partner with God to see a spiritual outcome because if we're just staying in that principles, guidelines, guardrails, um, biblical values, we, we could um, limit ourselves to just natural outcomes. Exactly. And, just, and, you know, I think of the, this, every analogy breaks down somewhere, but the analogy of, uh, you know, having these farmers that get paid not to yeah <laughs> raise a certain crop or a uh certain livestock and well this year i'm not raising a thousand uh you know sheep or <laughs> or cows where uh that level 2 um really could be more of a, you know, here's the things that I'm not going to do, Mm -hmm. and that's going to make me distinctive, as Mm -hmm. opposed to looking at Jesus' ministry, and it was like one of action. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you proactively going to do that's going to impact somebody's life basically forever? He's changing people's destinies. Right,
1: absolutely. And um, the great news is once you understand that there's this level three and even that home builder illustration, you can say, all right, now that I know there's a different way to live out my faith everywhere, including the marketplace, including my job. Okay. I now can say, I'm going to, I'm going to focus in on that. I'm going to pursue that. And then take that little illustration of the home builder who said, you know, I was, I'm a level two. How might I be a level three? And to see all the things they did to partner with God differently as a level three and to say, what, how does that apply to me? How can I be? And I find when I, when I get people, either individually as a group, to ask that question, they start to come up with lots of creative ways to do mm-hmm. that that they never thought about before because they, they didn't have the perspective. They, had, they didn't have that paradigm. And so I, I believe that even armed with that simple paradigm, if you start asking yourself, how do I become like that home builder? How do i become a level three teacher how do i become a level three plumber how do i become a level three president how do i become a level three partner at a law firm what's it mean to partner with god in whatever work i do uh, colossians three twenty three says whatever you do um you know uh work at as if for the lord and it's whatever you do work at as, as unto the lord And so no matter what your occupation, it's unto the Lord. He's going to show up and partner with you and show you how to live out this level three partnership with him to bring his kingdom wherever he goes, because the father is always about advancing his kingdom. Right. And that's on his heart.
0: Yeah. You've shared in the past um, just how like these amazing testimonies that Mm -hmm. have occurred throughout your corporate career, but Mm -hmm. really that there was a shift that occurred in your life where you went from having... Um, maybe some testimonies that you could count on two hands mm-hmm. the first 30 years of your corporate career, yeah. but then something shifted mm-hmm. where this became a lifestyle for you mm-hmm. and you saw testimonies, God showing up in yeah. big ways, little ways, but amazing ways. Yeah. Um, every week yeah so what was what was the shift for you yeah i'm gonna uh just set up this whole concept of
1: of how to do that and then we'll uh, we're gonna come back and uh, kick off a, a separate podcast on this because it's really uh gets into more of the how that i, I think a lot of people want to if you're like me you kind of want to know okay I, I get this three i understand this home builder how do i really live this out a little bit more um and you know and, and as you said joel it was a real perspective for me, and here's how, here's how it worked for me. I was like this person who said, okay, God, I know you created the heavens and the earth. I believe that. Um, Pastor, I know you say, if you can believe Genesis 1-1, you can believe anything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that, but I didn't believe God was really in the details of my life, mm-hmm. particularly in, quote, the secular. And then I, you know, but there, as you mentioned, there are like 12 stories I could tell you about my time at work where you'd say, wow, this guy is like Billy Graham or, you know, Paul, you know, it's right. like God broke in and did some things that are amazing. It was him, not me, but I was there and present and partnering. But it was like, I I then end that segment and say, that's an indictment because it's only 12 in those 30 years. And when I started to understand this perspective that I've been talking about and started asking the Lord, okay, I I want to live this kind of level three life. What's it look like? And the first thing the Lord said to me was, or that I said to the Lord was, Lord, what am I doing that I can partner with you on? And I just got this nudge of, look at your calendar that's how you spend your time and as i did i saw that i was engaged in a lot of one-on-one meetings people would want to have coffee or lunch or just connect and they'd want to ask me things and they were typically seeking advice or counsel or wisdom and so i he he said you know do you see those meetings and i said yeah he said do you think i care about them and those people and and it was kind of a challenge i said i don't know do you care that i'm having coffee with joe you know i i guess so and I just got the sense, yeah, and I want, to, I want to be present in there. So I started praying specifically for those people before I'd go to those meetings and say, Lord, what do you have for Joe? Forget what I have in my human wisdom. Forget what I'm going to conjure up. What do you have for Joe? And I want to be a vessel for you. And may I speak your words to Joe so that your purposes get released in Joe. And the minute I started praying that, I noticed there was a shift in the meetings I'd have. And it'd go something like this. It would be like, I'd be talking to Joe and I'd say, okay, Joe, you know, what about this where, you know, you ought to do such and such. And all of a sudden he'd stop me and say, that's it. And I'd say, what's it? And he'd say, what you just said. And I'd say, what did I just say? Um, And he'd say, it was this. And I saw how God was using me to meet Joe exactly where Joe was and needed to be intersected. And so I, as I start, started seeing this, I started praying, okay, Lord, I'm now expecting you to show up. i got a meeting with Tom next week. What do you have for Tom mm-hmm. or Juan? What, what are your purposes for Juan? And I want to I uh, cooperate with you. And so I started expecting him to show up. And so I went from asking to expecting. You know, I'd ask, but I'd ask with an expectation of saying, this is, you know, who you are. And then the Lord took me into this third phase of depending, where I'd say, Lord, I'm going into a meeting with this team I don't want to go unless you go. I don't have anything for them. I am bankrupt, but you have everything for them. Would I be a vessel for you? And that's when the Lord really started showing up. And so I'd have a meeting with a group of business people. We'd be doing a plan, and I'd say, Lord, I don't have anything. I'm not gonna bring out my PowerPoint. I'm not gonna bring out all my solutions. I'm gonna ask you what you have. And he would just start using me on the whiteboard or the flip chart to reveal uh, his heart for those people and their business situation. And what the Lord had to break down to me was this. He said, Greg, you're believing a lie. Yes, you're believing the truth that I created the heavens and the earth, but the lie you're believing is that I'm not involved in the details of your life, particularly when it involves your business. Or those things that are quote secular when i started believing that he cares about every part of my life that he wants in in every part that he wants to be the counselor and the guide of my entire life then i started making room for him and he started showing up powerfully and i started to see in, uh, outcomes that were much greater than anything
0: that happened prior to and that has been the biggest shift i've seen in my life as a result so um asking and then into expectation and then d- dependency. Yes. So really those are the th- like the, some of the three basic principles. So we'll pick up on that next time. And um, I'm just really grateful that we get to even talk about this stuff because I really mm. think uh, we'll see um, cities, mm-hmm. nations mm-hmm. transformed through the working class, mm-hmm. through people just becoming aware that God wants to partner with them where they are. Yes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, let's let's pray before we close today. And, Lord, we just want to thank you that you're a God of details. Yes. That you care about every intimate thing, that um, the, the passages in the Bible that talk about um, the details that you know, like the hairs on our head, the tears that you capture, that there's not one that you don't know of, that you're so familiar with all of our ways, when we just look at Psalm 139 and how you say that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that there's nowhere we can escape you, God, we just honor you and we thank you that you're a God Mm. of details and that you're personal, Mm. that uh, it's not just that you know everything, that you're, um, you know, omniscient and um, all-knowing, but that you. Care that you that you're full of goodness that you're full of love, and that when you all of this part all the parts of your nature that when they come together there's um, such a desire in you to partner with your kids mm-hmm. that you call us sons and daughters
1: mm-hmm. father thanks that you uh, created us um, to be one person as a spiritual being who is um, connected to you in intimacy as a son or a daughter, and that uh, you want to partner with us. Um, Father, to help bring your love and your kingdom to everywhere that you send us. And then, Father, every day we have a mission to be um, connected to you in partnership with you, uh, taking our place on the wall that no one else can take. Uh, Father, but we go where you are already at work. We join into what you are already doing. Father, we bring the kingdom to the places that you already have prepared it for. Uh, pray for the people that are listening today. I pray that you would open their ears. Father, in their hearts in whatever way that need to be open so that they can fully walk out all that you have for them, I pray a blessing over them now. I ask that you would, Father, burn um, within their spirits the things that um, they are needing from you and that they would receive them fully in good soil. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Well, that's it for us today. Thank you for joining us on the Iron Bell Ministries podcast, and we will see you next time.